Hi, I'm Dr. Franchille Hamilton, founder of A Better Way Center and co-founder of Seven Dimensions. I am a bariatric surgeon, an obesity medicine physician, a wellness doctor, a Christian, a wife, a mother, and a woman of color. I am also your host, and you are listening to the podcast, Your Life Transformed, a journey to becoming a better you. This started with my study of obesity, which not only included surgery options, medications, and diets, but quickly turned into psychology, emotions, everyday habits, living life, learning how to love yourself. I quickly learned that this was not just for my patients, but this could be applied to myself and to everyone. So I started this podcast in order to be able to buy time time that I feel like I've lost in this ever-changing healthcare world with my patients, time that I would like to communicate to them and educate them, not just about medications and diets and surgeries, but about life and how to live their best life. So join me as we talk about not only clinically-based medicine, many questions that you guys have about weight loss and wellness, but also about other things that just are recommended to be able to live your best life. So join me on this journey to being a better you on the podcast, Your Life Transformed. Hello and welcome back to the podcast, Your Life Transformed, where I am your host, Dr. Hamilton. And this is episode five. Today we are going to be talking about why is it so hard to lose weight? And more importantly, when we lose weight, why does the weight return? So let's talk about some kind of aspects that kind of affect weight, first of all. So I always break things down essentially into categories. So in general, what affects our weight? So we have genes that everybody is made with that affects our weight. And just so you know, nowadays there's ways to do genetic testing, which we also offer currently in our clinic, that can help better direct you on your your actual genetics and kind of guide you on what's the better weight loss methods. So unfortunately, this is not covered by insurance, but... Um, there are certain genetics that you or I or whoever is made with that kind of will let us know or give us insight and better detail on who we are and what we can change and what we can change and give us almost like a heads up. So when we've done our genetic testing, I have often found out some people are prone to heart disease or some people are prone to diabetes or some people are prone to being obese or overweight and it's almost like wouldn't you love to know some of those things and instead of just kind of guessing and waiting to see what happens so to speak it would be nice to know some dna testing to know if i'm prone to any of these things what can i do now to kind of prevent those and that's what 
I think the future of medicine is gonna um, kind of go with is more preventative medicine and not just kind of guessing what medications work best or what diet works best or what regimen works best, but actually using your DNA to kind of dictate which is gonna work best for you. That's truly personalized medicine. And like I said, we do do that in our, in our clinic. And I think that's what's kind of gonna be heading towards the future. So we each have genes in our body. And I always tell my patients, and I truly believe this, that certain genes can get activated and they can cause problems. So different things can activate those genes. And I'm a true believer that certain foods that we eat can activate our genes, almost like, um, unfortunately, cancers and inflammation and fibromyalgia, different things that people kind of develop later on in life. I truly feel like there are certain things, whether maybe it's environment or behavior or food that is essentially for what, or, or pregnancies or hormonal changes or life events that may have truly activated those genes. The question is, once they're activated, what can be done? And I think, I don't know if anybody truly knows the questions to the answer to that per se, but the good news is to at least to be able to identify that. I'm always, and you guys will hear me say this multiple times, I'm big on like figuring out the root problem and then how can we treat that or, or what can be done to treat that? At least it's finding out or knowing um, what it is. So your genes can dictate how much um, you gain weight or lose weight or kind of how you handle weight or if you're prone to being overweight or prone to being underweight. We've kind of talked about this in other podcasts. Um, and then depending on if genes get activated or not, you can have problems with how you metabolize certain foods and, and then that can make you gain versus before you used to go out to eat all the time when you were younger or when you did this or that and it didn't bother you and now all of a sudden um, you eat those same foods and you may gain 10 pounds. Well, it's because those genes are now activated and once they're activated, you can't really unactivate them, so to speak. So you just kind of need to be aware of your limitations and kind of go from there. Very similar to people who develop like allergies later on in life, like whether it's self um, shellfish, sorry, that's a common one, um, to develop later or ivy contrast or some of the ones that people didn't really have a problem, shrimp have a problem with before, but develop later. Now you have an allergy. It necessarily may not go away. You just need to be aware of it and, and then kind of move on. The other thing that I think, um, the other category outside of genetics that affects weight is going to be environment. I think this is huge because I think this dictates kind of the way our body sees things and the signals um, that our body processes. And we'll talk about that shortly, but the environment that we are in dramatically dictates um, our weight and not just weight but how we process things how we feel about things um, and I always tell my patients if we're in toxic environments in general they're just not going to do well their weight's not going to do well their wellness is not going to do well their healthy style and healthy living in general is just not going to do well in toxic environments could be at work they could be at home but just the amount of stress levels 
when people are trying to fight those things is is too high and the body is just too busy trying to kind of deal with that and it, it can't really focus on healing and and rejuvenating and some of the other things that comes along with a healthy weight healthy lifestyle wellness feeling better not so tired um feeling joyful not so you know not having pain etc cetera, etc cetera. And so the other thing that environment plays, not just necessarily work environment or home environment, but like lifestyle, right? Like um, commutes to work, um, long commutes to work can dictate sometimes bad habits. I've had people tell me they smoke because of their long commute. They just need something in their hand. They can't deal with the stress of traffic. Um, so that's an environmental reason to pick up a bad habit. Another one is going to be um, if you just don't have time because of busy schedules, you're forced long work hours, nighttime work schedules, those type of environmental constraints usually lead people to bad eating habits. And so a lot of people are like, well, I work nights. And so if I don't pack my food, the only thing that's available is vending machines or fast food restaurants or I work 13 hours a day and so I don't feel like coming home and cooking so I just go to fast food and so in general in my practice we try to like figure out things to kind of combat this and like help with this but it's difficult you know and so in general believe it or not an environment can have a huge role to play as far as weight management and weight regain and um, why it's difficult even to lose weight. Um, because if you have kind of these things going against you, you're not going to be able to lose weight. So that's one of the reasons. Um, and then environment also can activate um, certain genes, right? And so because I'm eating processed food, fast food, because of my long work hours, now all that junk food just activated my gene that will cause cancer later on in life or that causes diabetes or that increases my insulin that will eventually cause my diabetes or that increases the inflammation in my body. So now I have joint pain and any increase in inflammation, guys, causes mutations in genes and the mutations is what causes cancer long term mutations, DNA mutations. And what causes the mutations? A lot of times it can be, it's stemmed from inflammation. And what causes inflammation? Usually it can be, mind you, it can be spontaneous, right? But it also can be from an environment, environment induced. And that can be from food, from high stress, from, and, and, and what causes heart attacks and hypertension? It's usually inv inflammation in the blood vessels. So we just gotta be very cognizant of what's going on in our environment. And this is kind of, I probably talked about it during the how do I accept myself and just not letting things kind of take your joy away, so to speak, that, that don't matter. I mean, you're important. And so again, this is about your transformation, your life, your health, and not letting some of these other things kind of interfere with that. So genetics um, is one, role environment is another role and then obviously our behaviors and i will clump food in that because i 
think that's a behavior and I think that's a behavior that can be changed. So behaviors include choosing the types of foods that you eat, um, which can be dictated by your environment, right? But you still have the choice. Like if you work nights and you only have fast food or vending machines, you can choose to pack a healthy lunch. Or if you work long hours, you can choose to pack healthy snacks or with you along your commute home or whatever the case may be. So behaviors are pretty much for the most part, uh, part choices and they will include sleep patterns, they include food choices, they include activity or lack thereof, um, and they include pretty much just kind of choices or decisions or conscious decisions that you make um, or, or, or implement on a day-to-day -day basis. And that can affect your weight also, obviously. So all of these things are gonna be independent risk factors for weight regain or reasons why it is hard to lose weight. So each of these three categories, so we have genetics, right? And there's not much that you can do about that, but I think it's important um, from a genetic standpoint to know your genes and kind of work with your genes, like know what meals work best for you. That could be genetic, um, genetically determined. Know what exercise routines work best with you. Know what medications work best for you, et cetera, et cetera. Environment, making sure you're not in toxic environments or environments that's not gonna help promote healthy living, promote health and wellness, and then behaviors. Sleep patterns are an independent risk factor of weight gain. Um, there's been proven it adds five BMI points, and this is not five pounds, guys. BMI points, which is much more significant than a pound, because BMI is a combination of height and weight. Normal BMI, we may have talked about this before, is essentially 25 or less. Obesity is considered 30. Morbid obesity is considered 35. So if you're at 30 and you have horrible sleeping patterns, you can add five BMI points, which will put you up to 35. So that would be considered the morbidly obese category. So it's very important to have adequate sleep, however you can get that, but that would be in the behavioral category. So that's an independent risk, risk factor as to why you will be unable to lose weight or why you regain weight. Um, and then the types of food you eat, we talked about that. I think everybody's kind of familiar with that. Processed food is the worst. Um, as you heard on a previous podcast, plant-based um, diet, type of diet, again, I don't like to call it diet, but plant-based, healthier lifestyle is the better, or a more balanced where you have whole grain, carbs, um, vegetables, and a protein. Um, that's gonna be the best diet. And not overdoing it. Um, so that's gonna be the best option as far as foods and not a lot of processed foods. And then physical activity. Although physical activity, as most of you know, or if you don't know, it does help with some weight loss Physical activity, and I think we may have talked about this in one of my previous podcasts, or why are they so thin, or how are they able to maintain their normal BMI, normal weight, and this includes after bariatric surgery, is you have to exercise. You have to exercise. If you have lost weight and you want to maintain your weight loss, 
you have to be able to exercise. So one of the reasons why people weight gain is because they stop exercising. So that's one of the reasons. That's a separate independent risk factor. Um, and that's under the behavior category. Another category is going to be, um, I will call health um, category. So there's medical reasons for lack of weight loss or weight regain um, or weight return. So you have to look at maybe thyroid issues, which I think everybody is kind of familiar with. You need to look at hormonal issues, perimenopause, postmenopause, and um, believe it or not, because we do a lot of hormone therapy and pellets in our in our clinic, um, you don't even have to be peri or postmenopausal to have hormone type of issues, because a lot of us were put on birth control at a very early age. Our system of regulating our natural hormones by the time we are late 20s and early 30s is burnt out. So if parents, if you can avoid your teenagers, if possible, with birth control, avoid it. It, it dysregulates their natural abilities to regulate their natural hormones. And this is for, uh, you know, males and females and then then we have to start giving it bioidentical or in other ways and once we have to start doing that it's 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 done you almost have to do that forever which is fine almost like thyroid once your thyroid is shot or is removed or whatever the case you have to take pretty much thyroid forever and so it's very similar with hormones um so again getting started on birth control pills at 15 or 16 by the time they're in their 20s their ability to regulate their own hormones is shot and they start having the same problems, although not obvious hot flashes and menopausal symptoms. But when you check their hormones, they're, they're, they're off and they start having very similar symptoms to people who um, have no hormones. And so at that point, we've had to even start hormone treatment early. Mind you, the treatment is different, whether they're premenopause perimenopause or postmenopause, but we've been seeing that now and that's strictly because of early um, starting of birth control. So just keep that in mind, parents, if you can avoid it. I, I understand now there's like PCOS and he heavy menstrual cycles and all these reasons we're starting kids on, on birth control, not just because they're sexually active, although that is a cause also, um, but just kind of keep that in mind. It does, it, they're, they're synthetic hormones that we're giving them to kind of regulate their hormones but later on in life it really messes things up and that may be also causing i wouldn't be surprised i haven't seen any studies on this exactly but um infertility problems when they become married and they're 28 and 29 and want to start having kids and they can't because they started birth control pills 15 they've been on birth control pills for 15 years anyways just something to keep in mind so medical problems thyroid hormones, adrenals. There is a such thing as adrenal fatigue. I'm a true believer in that. When the adrenals just kind of stop working, there is a way to get those back. There are several different regimens to be able to kind of jumpstart that again. But when you end up with adrenal fatigue and burnout, that's usually seen in higher stressed jobs. Um, a lot of work hours, a lot of stuff going on. The adrenals are just spitting out steroids and cortisol and stuff to kind of keep you going that they just kind of burn out 
And when they burn out, you feel horrible, you gain weight, you're just tired all the time, like nothing can kind of get you back to where you need to go. So in that point, you have to remove yourself from that environment, which was in the other category, in order to get your health back to where it was. Because at this point, it's now making you gain weight, it's now causing you chronic fatigue, you now have headaches, you now have depression, you now have, your cycles are off. There's all these things that go on once you start having adrenal fatigue. GI, some GI symptoms, nausea, it's just not good. Um, and so you just kind of need to take yourself out of that environment. And like I said, there are supplements and things that you can take. Just ask your doctor about it to kind of boost or get a jump start on that um, adrenal fatigue. So that's a medical problem. Obviously, insulin resistance is a reason that people can weight gain or not have difficulty losing weight, and that can be treated. We talked about that in one of the other podcasts. Um, insulin resistance is not necessarily diabetes. It's the precursor, per se, um, for diabetes. But as long as you start eating right and you start treating it, you can reverse it and we'll never get diabetes. But high insulin levels in your body, not only do they stimulate sugar cravings, but they will prevent you from losing weight. And, and if you lost weight they and you go back to bad eating habits that stimulate insulin, they will make you regain weight because insulin is a storage molecule and it wants you to gain, to store. So high insulin levels are bad. Just like people who have to be on insulin to treat their diabetes, I mean, will have difficulty losing weight because insulin in general, it's a weight gainer. Even this in the synthetic is even worse. There's ways to kind of combat that. But again, those are things that you can kind of talk to your physician about. So insulin resistance, as discussed, metabolic syndrome, which is a combination of insulin resistance, cholesterol problems, and then um, the abdominal um, girth that we talked about in a previous segment. PCOS also goes along with this. Um, If you have PCOS, mostly diagnosed in females. Um, and you don't have to have cysts, by the way, to have PCOS, have abnormal testosterone levels, facial hair growth, insulin resistance. They will potentially can have difficulty having kids, abnormal periods, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, historically, it used to be cyst on the ovary, and you may, you may have it, but if you have the other symptoms, I, don't, I just diagnose people. I don't have to have cyst per se on the ovary, and I start treating people. Um, empirically if they have all the other symptoms but people like that will have difficulty losing weight and again if they've lost weight and they develop this they will they can regain so it's important to identify these medical problems and treat these and these are just kind of some of the few that cause weight problems hypertension doesn't necessarily high cholesterol those medical problems per se doesn't necessarily cause weight gain Some of the other things to be out on the lookout for is certain depression and anxiety medications can cause weight gain. And although hypertension and cholesterol doesn't per se, the the medical problem doesn't cause weight gain, meds that you are taking for medical problems can cause weight gain. So be on the lookout for that if you're trying to lose weight and you're struggling. You need to have your doctor or a weight loss professional look through your medications and see if any of those can cause weight gain um, and, and, or if you've lost weight and you're regaining 
and all the, everything else has been ruled out. You need to, do need to look at your medications. So that's that category. So we have genetics, we have environment, we have behavioral, and we have medical problems and or medications. Um, so those are kind of the four categories that I tackle um, as far as what I help patients kind of work through. And that's a lot because within that category, I mean, we've listed at least five or six things per category that can independently make people either not be able to lose weight or if they've lost weight, regain weight. And so those are all things that you have to look at. And mind you, you can't do it all in one setting, all in one day. It's too much. So in my clinic and most clinics, you just you have to kind of break it down and work on kind of piece by piece. Either whether you take want to take it by category or you want to, you know, kind of pick a couple of things from each category to work on. But trying to do everything at once is overwhelming. And believe it or not, it's overwhelming to the body. And you won't be able to maintain that or do it long term. So you really need to kind of do baby steps. The other thing that's not per se a category, and we'll kind of go into more depth, is the signaling in the body. Um, each one of those categories can affect the signals that go through in the body. So I always tell my patients there's the brain and the gut that cause weight issues, gut issues, a lot of issues, right? They Or, or non-issues. They kind of regulate a lot of things and they communicate. They're constantly communicating. Like almost everything in your body gets regulated between the brain and the gut. Believe it or not, a lot of hormones that are not even related to weight gain are come from the gut. And, and everybody knows that there's a lot of things that come from the brain. But And so you constantly have signals that go back and forth from the brain and the gut. And so a lot of weight loss medications that we put patients on block signals, whether it's in the gut or whether it's in the brain. And so, and that's how it works. Bariatric surgery remove signals, changes signals, regulates some of the signals, and that's how that usually works. It's obviously a lot more effective than just a medication that'll block one or two signals when there's like thousands. Um, and so a lot of times these different categories that we talked about, again, genetics, environment, behavior, meds or medication, medical problems affects these signals. And so when these signals are affected, that's when you either lose weight, don't lose weight or regain your weight. And so let's kind of talk about what happens during weight loss per se. So when people lose weight, they usually are taking in less, calo less calories. A lot of people are changing their eating habits. Um, they're reducing the size of their meals. Usually they're eating a little bit healthier and maybe even increasing their activity. Those are usually kind of some of the behavioral things, right? We didn't even talk about environment, which is a whole nother medications, right? There's so many other things, right? Most weight loss clinics just look at diet and activity. But again, we've just listed several other categories that can affect this. But to keep this podcast kind of to the point and simple, because that's kind of what society, you know, that's kind of the basic diet and exercise, what everybody looks at. We'll kind of just talk about those things. So when people lose weight, 
we take less calorie less cat i'm sorry less calories in we eat better and we usually have more increased activity um so what happens when this happens well believe it or not and this also includes surgery guys believe it or not when this happens we actually um, decrease our metabolism so when we decrease our calorie amount and increase our activity and when we have undergo bariatric surgery we actually are decreasing our metabolism and that also happens when we go on to weight loss meds so i don't know if i need to repeat that so where our metabolism has decreased and that's not necessarily a bad thing if we maintain what we've done with our bodies so the reason our metabolism decreases is it because it just slows down mostly because our bodies are more efficient and it requires fewer calories right so once we um, take in fewer calories and we start increasing our activity we eat less and our, our body doesn't need as much it gets used to not needing as much and so our resting metabolism our resting energy expenditure goes down and so it just becomes more efficient believe it or not and so that's also what happens with bariatric surgery you don't need as much you don't eat as much so eventually your metabolism metabolism does go down it is not necessarily a bad thing as long as you keep up with the amount of decreased calories and increased activity the minute that goes the other way and your metabolism is lower guess what the weight gain comes in so that is often what happens after bariatric surgery sometimes or after we get on a weight loss plan from a slim for life or whoever jack-in-the-box weight loss company we get we do decreased calories and we increase our activity and we do that for like three or four months and we're losing weight and our metabolism at that point has already went down and then after we get off the program we're like okay i lost 20 pounds 25 pounds or if you're a bariatric patient i've lost 60 70 100 pounds i'm good now i'm just gonna go back to kind of some of the habits i had before and you know what i don't feel like working out today I worked out last week and then last week becomes last month and then after a while you're like eh, i don't feel like working out anymore and so your body is like well wait a minute my metabolism is slower so your increase your calories go up your activity goes down and you will automatically gain weight and taking weight loss meds just so you know decreases your metabolism it decreases the amount of food you eat and it eventually will decrease your metabolism. So that is why when you get off a weight loss medication, people sometimes are starving and almost everybody will regain their weight, especially if they didn't treat the other categories and if they um, just go back to their old eating habits, which is why it is very important for you to be in a comprehensive personalized weight loss program and not just ones that will hand you meds or ones that just have a health coach and put you on a, a meal replacement and an exercise regimen. There's so much more to a weight loss, to losing weight than just that. The other thing that happens is once you start losing weight, there's hormones in the body, the signals um, that start saying like, wait a minute, I'm not getting as much food as I used to get. Let me increase the, my, my hormone that says I'm hungry. And so that hormone actually increases. 
And so when it increases, what happens? It tells your brain, I'm more hungry. And so when you come off that weight loss medication or when you stop your weight loss program, you actually become more hungry. And it's not you and it's not your brain tricking you. Your body did that. That's your body's almost like a protective mechanism. And it said, wait, I'm more, I'm, she's losing too much weight. I need to stop this because I don't want her getting sick. Let me protect her or him or her. And I'm going to make this hormone go up. So I'm going to send a signal to the brain to make the body more hungry. And so you're hungry. But at this point, your metabolism is lower and you're not working out as much. So that's why you can't lose weight or that's why you regain your weight. The other thing that changes is the hormone that says I'm full, that signal decreases. So that hormone goes down and sends a signal to the brain, hey, I'm not full anymore. And so that gets turned off. The hormone that says I'm hungry gets turned on and you have almost everything working against you. And so believe it or not, a lot of this is not in your head and a lot of it is not you. Because I'll have a lot of patients who come to me and be like, man, it seems like whenever I got off that weight loss med or whenever I got off that program or whatever it was, I was more hungry. Yeah, you were more hungry. That was your body. Your body did that to you because it almost did the opposite mechanism. And that's why, ladies and gentlemen, whenever you lose too much weight, and I tell my patients this, and they hit a wall, they're like, why am I not losing any more weight? The reason you're not losing any more weight or why it's so hard to lose weight is because your body has flipped the script on you, so to speak. They're like, wait, 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 are you okay, Dr. Hamilton? I'm gonna start changing all these hormones around so you don't lose any more weight anymore because I need to protect you. So believe it or not, the body's not trying to hurt you. It's actually going into protective mode. And so it's turning on the hunger hormone, it's turning down the full hormone, It's decreasing your metabolism and it's sending all the other signals that, hey, this person needs to start gaining weight because something must be wrong. And that's when people start stalling. And so I always say, you're stalling because the body doesn't want you to lose any more weight. You've hit a wall. It's not necessarily that the person has done anything wrong, but the body gets to a point where it's gonna fight you. Once it's lost so much weight, it's going to get to a point where it's going to fight you because that set point is not where, and we could talk about set points on another podcast, but that's not where it wants to be. It was used to being at this number. And now that it's gone down to this number and you're medically okay and without a surgery, there's got to be something else wrong. So it's going to try to force you to get back to that other number. The only way you can get down to whatever your goal weight is and maintain it is by kind of sticking to your plan and start changing up your regimen. So getting more stricter with the types of foods that you eat. I wouldn't say decrease your calories anymore because that's not going to necessarily help. And make sure you change up your workout routine. Like don't just walk every day for 30, 40 minutes. I mean, the body needs to do something different and increase your resistance, run, walk, do sprints, get a trainer, go to classes, do um, bike, do floor routines, do CrossFit, swim. I mean, you need to start doing different stuff 
in order to continue to lose weight once you hit that wall because you're not on your set point anymore and the body is going to fight you. So it's not you. It's the fact that your body has turned on all these mechanisms to fight you from losing any more weight. And that is normal. And often people get discouraged, but I'm here to tell you, don't get discouraged because it's not you. Control the things that you can, you can control, which is your behavior. Most people can control the things in that category. Most people can control somewhat their environment. I understand you need your job. I understand your family. You can't change your family. But, you know, as much as you can, try to control the things in those categories. But it's not, you can't control per se your, your genetics and what gets activated and what doesn't get activated. You can treat your medical problems and you can kind of um, regulate your medications with your doctors. But believe it or not, um, the reason it's so hard to lose weight may not necessarily all be in your control and neither may your weight regain. Um, you have your forces in your body that will be working against you. But it's important that you talk to your doctor about it and kind of work with them together or your weight loss specialist and go over those categories. That will help you maximize your weight loss. If you just do the thing in one category, it's not going to be enough. You need to maximize all four categories and then realize the different signals that you have going on in your body that are going to be working against you. But again, don't get discouraged. Just keep working at it and knowing that you have these forces that are in you that are going to try to go against you. Well, that's it for the podcast today. I want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast, Your Life Transformed, the journey to becoming a better you. Please download, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. I would love your feedback on future podcasts that you would like to hear. Let us know on our Facebook page or on our website. Until next time, where we continue our journey for life transformation.